All right, everybody. Happy Red Friday. We're back for episode 11 of Let's Chief. Took a little break last week. Trey and I hit the road for the Denver Broncos game. So we'll talk about that in a little while. Remember, Let's Chief is brought to you by E Coffee. You can check them out at www.eeroastcoffee.com. Visit their socials at eeroastcoffee. And when you go on their website, make sure you check out their entire selection of beans that they bring in from all around the world. Best places to grow coffee. That's where you're finding them. They're bringing them right back here to Kansas City, roasting them for you and making sure that you have the perfect stocking stuffer this Christmas. So check them out. www.eeroastcoffee.com. Trey, what are we talking about today? You know how we're going to get started, Dan. We're going to get started with the recap from last week's game in Denver, the one that you just talked about us going to. Yep. We're going to start with the action around the AFC, Chiefs injury report, week 15 preview and storylines. And then obviously we wrap the show up, guys, with the keys to victory. We don't need many of them going to Houston, but we're going to talk <laughs> about it, baby. Hell yeah. Well, let's chief. Down by Kobe in the first queue. Leave it to my homie on the turf, dude. We got Andy reading plays like he's Einstein. We keep dominating, so they put us on at prime time. Now it's Super Bowl season. Everybody in the city already gone and believes it like. Chiefs kingdom, bring it home. We gonna do it for the city, for the city we love. Yeah. For every time that you break us down, we gonna build the family up. You can't take us down. For every time that you break us. All right, and we're back to kick off the show. Before we get into all the nitty-gritty of what's coming up and what we just did this past Sunday, I want to introduce our special guest, Phil Laporte, my brother-in-law, and VP of Engineering at Scoreholio. If you guys are ever looking for an app to not only score your bags or your cornhole leagues and games and anything else that you're doing in the backyard, I mean, it really covers the whole gamut. So, um, you know, you want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so we're a tournament software company. So we've got pickleball, table shuffleboard, uh, bocce ball. Our biggest is cornhole, obviously. Uh, any kind of backyard game or anything like that, any sport that you play, if you want to run a tournament, um, we got you covered. So you'd say it's pretty much a staple for any tailgate, family reunion. 100%. Yeah. Easiest setup. It's free. <laughs> Anybody can play. Counts are free. Easy. I love it. And Phil's also, along with being really good friends with Trey and I, family to me mm -hmm. but uh we also sit in section 308 for the chiefs game so you know getting that nosebleed view of every single home game yeah great view <laughs> i freaking love it up there yeah. <laughs> so week 14 trey we hit the road dude yes we did literally <laughs> <laughs> yeah well one of us did <laughs> <laughs> Chiefs and Broncos showdown at Mile High. Uh, this one started off really good for us, 27 to nothing. And then uh, final score ended up being 34 28. Um, I mean, great first half performance, of course. I mean, a lot of good things came from that for sure. Yeah. I mean, there was um, up and, I mean, at the 27 point mark, you know, I'm thinking, are we really leaving? Did Mile High Stadium at halftime because of this game? The score is going to be thirty-five <laughs> zero. I mean, or when does the when does the running clock start? I think I asked somebody that too, but uh, that obviously turned around pretty quick. Um, hell of a, per, a first half performance, you know, kind of all around um, Chiefs football, and then that's uh, slowly started to uh, slip away there. But uh, 
Um, yeah, what a what an experience to be to go to a different stadium and experience those fans and experience <laughs> football in a different city. Oh yeah, especially when you're wearing the opposing team's colors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Is that any trouble? Uh, we had a, a one little you know dust up, but outside of that, <laughs> I mean, we were pretty. I mean, things went pretty smooth. We actually in the stadium itself, we got more shit talk to us before the day of the game really yeah so then finally oh, we get yeah, to the day of the game um we really we passed by tons of broncos fans i mean we really didn't hear any chatter yeah um and then we get to our seats and it's like five families <laughs> surrounding <laughs> us so you know it's not like uh they were chirping or anything i mean the the dad and the daughter were in front of us but they were pretty you know they were keeping it pg so yeah i mean well they're they're what three and nine three and eight for the game so i mean they're three and nine yeah three and nine they're not gonna really have much to say to you no yeah. yeah there was a guy that sit behind us he was quiet the whole time until like the end of the third quarter and then every time he would scream he would scream right in my ear as loud as he could <laughs> and finally i turned around and i was like you seem like a passionate guy are you season ticket member or what's going on here and he was like been a long season, man. I'm just just really juiced up about how this game's going now. I was like, <laughs> okay, dude. I mean, we still got a whole quarter of football, and we have that Pat Mahomes guy on our team. So, yeah. uh, good luck. I think one of the funniest things from that, and I know Austin will agree, was when we got back to the Airbnb afterwards, and the local news comes on, and she goes, "Denver Broncos lost a close one to the Kansas City Chiefs, but it was finally a good game." <laughs> More at seven. <laughs> no, she said it was finally a good game for once. Oh, and she did for, once. for once there at the end. That's the part yeah. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My gosh, that's just tough. That's just really tough. <clears throat> yeah, there was a, a couple of, uh, I mean, just to go through a couple of things we were telling Broncos fans while we were there. Um, <laughs> we were telling them that it was just another home game. They really didn't like that one. <laughs> was it what how many Chiefs fans were there? It was pretty red. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was pretty red out there. I mean, I mean, we saw tons of them even just going out the few nights before yeah. and out yeah. and about the city. So yeah. I saw a lot of them. I couldn't tell though. Even the Nuggets game, there was like 15 Chiefs fans all standing next to each other at the Nuggets game. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that was probably um, you know, we were actually chopping a little bit even at the nuggets game so i mean we were definitely uh showing out which actually tyler and jordan came to that with us too so they were they were with us that night um one of my favorite things to to yell out was (laughs) what a fun ride (laughs) (laughs) every time they would do something so bad i will say the worst thing about mile high stadium was all the videos they played they were the corniest things i've ever really. seen yeah. everything was broncos country let's ride and yeah so the rust the rust one's getting played <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. and they're it, still proud of that the worst one is they pitch this thing about altitude sickness so like anytime they see a, a chief sideline player with a gas mask on it's like the only stadium in the NFL, a mile high, boom, boom, motion sickness. So they start listing the symptoms of being like, of having altitude sickness. And then it shows the guy huffing the, the oxygen mask. They're just the worst. They're man. So that and the incomplete. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's, that's pretty bad. bad. That, yeah. That was pretty bad. 
we were yelling it too. <laughs> Strato had a really good one. Um, well, actually, the whole game. Oh yeah, the down. Strato was like, "That's a Kansas City Chiefs," and we'd all be like, first down!" Shaking and the then, hand and everything. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Toward, towards the end, yeah. Strato's like, "That's another Denver Broncos fourth down." <laughs> oh yeah, we got that one going for sure. That yeah, was awesome. That was a good one. <laughs> but you know, everything aside, we we actually saw Russell Wilson damn near get knocked out too. Yeah. I mean, he kind yeah. of, I, I couldn't tell if he was unconscious being up in the stands. I didn't watch any, didn't, any videos after close up of his face. Uh-uh. Oh man. They, they zoomed right in on him and it was just like thousand yard stare. It was oh, man. pretty terrifying. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, at first when we hit him, I'm like, oh yes. You know, we finally we stopped knocked him. that dude down, yeah. you know, and got him good. Yeah. yeah. And then they like zoom it. He's like not getting up and they show his head like slam on the, the uh, turf. And yeah. Kind of skip a little. And you're like, oh shit. And then you start, and Kelsey brought up a good point. She's like, man, like he's a dad, he's a husband. And it, you start thinking about, okay, man, these, these are real people. Not just goes beyond football. And that shit's, it's scary, man. Man, that's the worst part about it. Not to get too far off track here, but Devonte Parker had a similar situation mm-hmm. in the uh, yeah. Monday night football game. He was trying to line up and dude couldn't even stand. And the rest weren't doing shit about it right. until Nelson Aguilar himself had to, had to kneel down and, and get everyone's attention to say, Hey, you know, this guy yeah. is suffering here yeah. and we're letting him just continue to play. Like if he takes another headshot, it could be lights out and you don't know what will happen yeah. after that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> but which is wild. They miss that. Cause they have a guy in the box whose sole yeah. job is to look for concussed players. And it was obvious on the replay, like dude got up wobbly and everything. Right. So it's, uh, I, I just, I don't even know what to make of it with the officiating and the rules and the way that they're doing things this year. I feel like, I don't know if I'm just paying more attention to it than I have before, but in this game in particular, I felt like there was a lot of uh, missed calls or inconsistencies, if you will. Um, one pass in particular, Mahomes threw a deep shot down to Justin Watson, and it was underthrown in the end zone. But uh, the corner, I forget his name, I think it was number 27 for their team. He throws his arms arms up and turns late. Well, 90% yeah. of the time, the league is calling that as a yeah. defensive pass interference, even though the ball's underthrown. Now, I don't agree with that being DPI, but it's inconsistent in the way they're calling it. It seems like they're kind of just picking and choosing their spots. Well, and when the same thing happens later in the game in favor of the Broncos, then you're like, there's right. the inconsistency. Why, why right. are you not giving us the same calls? Right. Right. Yep. And to kind of go into that point, um, I was kind of reading something about the UFC fight over the weekend, how the judges are kind of swayed sometimes by the crowd. And if there's mm-hmm. a vibe going on in the stadium or the arena, then you kind of tend to go with that vibe, right? So if there's a if there's certain momentum going with the Broncos, right, there's kind of a comeback feel. Russ Wilson might be able to get it done against Pat Mahomes, and maybe there's that same vibe going on with the rest for the NFL, which is unfortunate to think about. But back to the human point, those guys are human too, right? So, mm-hmm. but, right. I mean, yeah. how many mistakes do you make before you start rolling heads? Right. Right. And it only takes one of those things to make it, you know, I mean, we saw what happened with Tua earlier this year, and that wasn't anything related to the league or the officials. I mean, it was the coaching staff and yeah. and the, the organization itself. But um, that doesn't mean that another group isn't shouldn't be held accountable in these situations. Yeah. And, and in this case, it's the officiants. <clears throat> so the Broncos outscored us 
28 to seven in the final 31 and a half minutes of regulation uh, to get the score to where it was. And one of those touchdowns was scored without Russell Wilson on the field. Cause obviously he goes down with the concussion Ripian comes in and uh, hits Jerry Judy for his third touchdown. He wasn't even supposed to be in the damn game. <laughs> Judy. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. At one point he <clears throat> makes, I mean, takes his helmet off for one. And then two makes contact with the official as he's running the ball to the midfield to, to set the spot for, for that play. That is an ejection. Mm -hmm. If Chris Jones is getting, (laughs) you know, penalties thrown at him for saying words to somebody or for strip sacking somebody and getting a call with the ball in his hand Uh for roughing the passer. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't mean to just pick those two moments out as a chiefs fan, um, but there's so many more moments like that, that you can point to where those inconsistencies really come into play. And we saw it in full force here in our game. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it was blatant too. It's not, it's not something that the ref didn't realize or notice. They looked right at each other. Judy is screaming across the entire field at him. Right. Takes his helmet off, runs into the ref. Ref's looking right at him. Nothing called it. it the NFL is now coming out saying, okay, yeah, we're going to fine him. A suspension was possible because of it. Right. I mean, it's like, how does that not get called in the game? Right. It, it's, it's the same thing as what we saw last week, too, with Bates when he took a knee or faked, his, faked an injury mm-hmm. in the back of the, back of the right. end zone. When the NFL just came out and said, we're not going to allow this shit in the league anymore. And then, oh, well, we're not going to call it games, but we're going to find you for $50,000 on the back end. Yeah. Yep. Uh, very. Uh, I, I don't know why it has to take a Chiefs moment to set the precedent. Right. Um, yeah. Like it should already. It's already in the damn rule book. Call it when you see it. I mean, right. it's as simple as that. Yeah. Now, I'm not I'm all for a ref letting him play in certain situations. Um, but there's some that it's not a s- subjective call. You know what I mean? It's not about your perspective and where you are at. It's no gray area. It's black and white. In an instance like that where you're faking an injury, black and white. Yep. Instance like that where you make contact with, with an official with malicious intent, black and white. I mean, that's the the gist of it. Yep. So, you know, we end up getting the win, which is all fine and dandy. But how do you guys feel about it? At first not good. <laughs> yeah. And in the text chat, you're the group chat, you know, I'm like, ah, yeah, the whole time I'm bitching and moaning. We were course, bitching coming back. Yeah. But with some time to dwell on it a couple of days later, um, I'm chalking it up to, they got comfortable and complacent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mahomes is trying some things that he normally wouldn't do just because he is up so much. And he's got such a big, you know, padding of points in the game. Right. I, I mean, it's we come back to these guys are humans. I mean, mm-hmm. who, who's not going to get comfortable when you're up twenty-seven nothing? It's just easy, easy, easy the whole right. game. Right. And then, I mean, they've still got Russell Wilson, who we all know who he's been capable of being in the past. So mm-hmm. I was just waiting for a wake-up game from him, and of course, it happens again. <laughs> it, was. it always does. We get everyone's best shot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I think a good point too, and I didn't think about this until maybe yesterday or this morning, is that. Um, Pat has like a one game a year where he's got the three interceptions or the four interceptions. Mm-hmm. And if we can have that game and we're still pulling out a dub, then I'm all right with it. You know, it's, yeah. it's the same old saying that we hear that we've heard for really since the three of us have been watching the NFL that 
every NFL game is, is not an easy win. Every NFL game is a tough game, right? There's no right. easy op- yeah. opponents. So if you can steal a game from somebody after throwing three picks, then let's roll on to the next week. I love that you guys have the the silver lining because I was ready to just like talk <laughs> all shit. I mean, getting complacent 100%, but it's also like play 60 minutes. You yeah. know what I mean? That's my biggest thing is like <clears throat> it, you said it already. It's really difficult to win games in the NFL and, and to do a consistency consistently is even more difficult. And the fact that we took our foot off the gas it's a constant problem yeah. for the chiefs yeah. doesn't matter who we're playing. And when I see it done against lesser teams, it makes me think they're practicing how they play. And I just want them to turn the damn thing up whenever they're up, you know, um, play with more intensity, build yourself a bigger cushion. And then you guys can ride the pine for the last quarter. Right. You know what right. I mean? That's when you can take your foot off the gas when it's eight minutes left in the fourth that we're up 35, 42, which is what the case should have been yeah. in that game against Denver. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of things that we did really well. Obviously we got to a very comfortable lead early in the game, um, but we got a little bit undisciplined. We got a couple of costly penalties, a couple of drops. Holmes was wild yeah. to be honest with you. I mean, I thought he was, and maybe it was him getting comfortable and trying things that he wouldn't normally do, but it brought them back into position to potentially win the game. I mean, we won by one possession and against the Denver Broncos, a team that hasn't scored more than four touchdowns in the last five weeks. And for them to do that against us this past Sunday, just really ruffled my feathers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I mean, I think at the same time, you kind of have to look at, well, the picks they're not, they're not excusable, but you can say, okay, well, that's a top five defense too. And whether well, they number one or two in points, yeah, two in points a lot up there. So, I mean, you're also, what we were doing to them to start the game was, kind of wild too because they are such a good strong defense and what's the stat if if you score more than 18 or if they had scored more than 18 points in all their games this year they would have been 10 and 1 going into the game (laughs) right right. their offense was worth a damn yeah i mean (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i mean that's a good way to look at too and they were holding us to two i mean the first two drives it was field goals because they held us in the red zone so i mean there's different things you can point at um good and bad of course I think it was a tale of two games, really, yeah. it wrapped up into one. Um, but you know, I mean, if it was if it was flipped, right? If they were up on us twenty eight seven, and then we come back and win the game thirty four twenty eight, I think the narrative maybe is a little bit different too. Yeah, yep. you know, it's Mahomes comes back again. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, against the great Russell Wilson. Right, <laughs> <laughs> he's back. He's going to finally get one MVP vote. so Patrick Mahomes speaking of MVP um, putting up some pretty good numbers I mean despite the three interceptions he still holds a three to one TD INT ratio with 33 passing touchdowns 11 picks Um, first in QBR fourth in passer rating 65 almost 66 percent completion with 4100 plus yards not to mention his rushing stats which push him just under 300 yards rushing and two touchdowns is he still the MVP to you guys Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and I've got stats to back it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you look at um, passing stats, you just mentioned Mahomes. Hertz is obviously um, a thousand yards less. He's at 31, 
hundred yards, mm-hmm. 22 touchdowns, three INTs. His INTs are great. His turnovers in general are fantastic. Um, and then his rushing yards are killer. I mean, there's 686, 10 touchdowns and two fumbles lost. Right. Um, so that's five turnovers um, total. Pretty Combined, damn you're looking at Mahomes at 4,400 and 40 yards, 35 touchdowns, 11 turnovers total. Hurts, you're looking at 3,843 yards, 32 touchdowns and five turnovers. Mahomes still has the the yards, the touchdowns. He has more INTs. But look at also what he's dealing with. The Kansas City DVO rank for the Chiefs offense is first in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a year after losing the best wide receiver in the league. Right. <laughs> um, the defensive rank that he's dealing with for the Chiefs, 25th, mm-hmm. the DVO rank, DVOA. Uh, Philadelphia, on the other hand, Jalen Hurts, they're the third best offense in DVOA, and their defense is sixth. He's not got as much pressure on him right. in general. The entire team around him is way better right. than what Mahomes is dealing with. I mean, to me, that's just that's the definition of most valuable player is somebody that can elevate the entire team and still do what he's doing after losing yep. players, after not having as good of players around him. Yep. I think it's just, I mean, it's Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. It, I think it comes down to um, a couple stats. And you you nailed them with the yards, passing yards. You nailed them with the touchdowns. Um, those are my top two. And then outside of stats, it comes down to the story. And you touched on that too, Phil. Tyreek Hill leaves. Everybody has the Chiefs potentially being last in our division. Last in our division. And we're <laughs> sitting here now at 10 and 3. And if the Chargers would have lost last weekend, we would have locked up the AFC West in the second weekend in December. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I'm going with the story as well and, and with Pat Mahomes as well with those three facts right there. And I don't see a lot of more a lot more interceptions coming out of Pat uh, throughout the rest of the, the regular season here. I think he's going to start to take care of the football or not start take care of the football. Um, because he, he takes care of the football very well. That's something he's pretty underrated for. I'm mm-hmm. just taking care of the football. But uh I, I mean his touchdown to, to interception ratio is, is off the charge compared to others that have been in the leagues for uh for six plus years, five plus years. So um yeah, I'm rolling with Pat still. I, I will say that I think the gap closed a little bit. The Eagles dominated on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um so good I think- team too. Yeah. So I think there is potential for him to lose it. You know, I don't think he's got it wrapped up in the bag, but uh, yeah, I'm still rocking with Pat for, for the MVP. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm trying, I try not to be biased whenever I try and pick these <laughs> awards out. Obviously I want my guys to win the damn thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're having this conversation because um, it, it's not important to the success of the team itself. It's about the legacy of one of the greatest players to play for the Kansas city chiefs. So, you know, that's the reason why we're talking about it. And um, I think, you know, the narrative and the stats together, he has them both, but just to play devil's advocate a little bit for Jalen hurts, he's got a narrative as well. I mean, he was damn near written off as their starting quarterback. Um, Not a lot of people out there in Philadelphia believed in him even last year when he brought them to the playoffs with the nine and eight record after he went on a tear in the final eight weeks of the season. And then he comes back in. They made some trades to bring him some help, uh, which maybe hurts the narrative a little bit. Um, But at the same time, he is putting up the best numbers of his career. And we saw the same story with Patrick Mahomes when he won his first MVP award is he just kind of could 
caught the league on fire. And now Jalen Hurts, I don't want to say he's doing it at that same magnitude, but he's doing it at a much higher clip than what he was in years previous. And he's currently got the very best record in the entire NFL and the one seed in the NFC. So, um, you know, just kind of looking at it from that angle as well. I think it is a two horse race right now. I'm definitely leaning more towards Mahomes, but I would not be surprised if Hurts Hurts gets his first. Yeah, I mean, if he goes 16 and one and he continues this incredible, I mean, it, his turnover ratio, I mean, his TD to turnover ratio, mm-hmm. if he keeps that up, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be tough. But then again, you could have Mahomes who sets the uh, single season passing yards record too. I mean, right. yeah. that's TDs, true too. And he could still lead his team to the one seed. It's, it's going to come down to it. I really do think it's going to be decided in the last week of the season. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be an an interesting one. A couple of highlights for this game that I want to just kind of look at before we move into the um, climate around the AFC. Butker, six for six on his kicks. I mean, pretty darn good. I'm not taking back everything I've said about him. (laughs) It's a good start for him getting back on my good side. (laughs) Absolutely. I I love that they were giving him, you know, the green light to make those kicks. I think he kicked a 45 yarder was as long as of the game that, you know, that's something that um, you want to see, especially with the playoffs around the corner, four out of four on PATs. (laughs) That's exciting. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, I love seeing Bucker get back out there and, and put up, uh, you know, bat a thousand. Mm Mm-hmm. Moving forward with uh, more special teams talk, we're finally getting better on punt returns. I think putting Justin Watson back there was a uh, very tip-top move there, Dave Tobe. I was waiting for you to do something about it. We finally got it done. Right. I know I've been waiting for Dave to get something done all year. I mean, that's been the most consistent Chiefs coach on our staff for five, six years, dude. Yeah, since Reed came to town, really. Yeah. Um, Pretty, I mean – I was I was blaming the coaching staff for that more than I was blaming Sky Moore. No, yeah, because they were putting him in bad situations. Yeah, that's hundred percent on coaching. I mean, it's ten weeks too late. Yeah, and Watson in, if you ask me. I mean, yeah. he had Tony back there a little bit, but you know, then he gets hurt. Healthy, right? <laughs> Which I mean, I'm shocked. Of. I'm interested. To, yeah, right. Can't believe it. He only played five games for the Giants, and now he can't. <laughs> but. <laughs> But I'm just like, you know, if if we had just learned from that mistake in week three, instead of trying to put a guy out there to return kicks that never returned punts in his entire football career, mm-hmm. including high school and college and peewee. Yeah. I mean, um, we could easily have one less loss. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying, you know, the Bills game or the Bengals game plays out any different, but I 100 percent feel the Colts game Colts plays game. differently. Yep. yep. And I mean, we don't need much. Just catch the ball right where you are. Fair catch right. every damn time for all I can. Please. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just catch it. That's all I want. And then let Mahomes go out there and do what he does and get us down the field. Right. Yeah, it's more yards for him anyway for the MVP case. Let's <laughs> <laughs> boost those stats. Carl Loftus, man. Rookie defensive end finally catching his stride. Another sack this week. His third straight game with a solo sack. And the team as a whole gets six. Yeah. Yep. Does it feel like it though? It didn't really. I mean, you think six sacks, you think blowout. Yeah. Didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Another uh, point to Carl Loftus, he leads the league and and uh, passes defended at the line. I will say we did bat what like four or five passes at the line. It seemed mm-hmm. like we were getting after yeah. him. And Russell Wilson's on the shorter side, but um, still 
That's impressive. And, yeah. and this could be yeah. a reach, but I mean, it's shades of TJ Watt and what he showed in his rookie season. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the, the, I mean, he was good from the get go, but he wasn't the elite defender that he is today. Right. And Karloftis is kind of doing a lot of that, the, the swatting and he's kind of coming into it with the sacks now getting the, he's getting consistent pressure. Right. Um, so man, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does next season mm-hmm. and the steps that he takes in another off season with an NFL program and seeing what yep. he can do, put some more muscle on whatever mm-hmm. he's got to do, get that speed down even better. Um, cause we, obviously he's got the, he's got the motor. So, I mean, right, man, it, but that would be huge for this defensive line. Oh man. Oh yeah. We need oh that. yeah. No, I, I mean, and Carl Loftus has proven that he's kind of a cerebral type of player. You know what I mean? And TJ Watt really has that high football IQ, which helps him in those situations. Um, he holds down the edge, puts himself in a position to bat those passes down, get interceptions. And, and Carl Loftus has kind of done the same thing and he's relentless. You know what I mean? He play, he, you said high motor, he plays all the way through to the whistle. So yeah. all those, you know, cliche things that a coach says about a player, right. that's kind of what uh, Carl Loftus has been doing. And um, bringing the pressure has definitely been apparent, but finishing the pressure is mm-hmm. kind of where he's needed to learn how to do that. And I think our whole defensive line needs to learn how to do that outside of nine, five. Right. But that's kind of, I mean, you you see him getting there, you see him making the pressure, and that's kind of, he's a rookie still. We got to remember right. this. The dude's a rookie. You normally don't come into the league and dominate at, at the end position as a rookie. It's kind of the step and stride that you make from year one to two and two to three. And I, I think the future's bright for him. I really do. Because I wasn't super high on him to start the season, but he's coming into it. Yeah, I didn't know a whole lot about him coming out of Purdue to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I really wanted a couple other players that were still on the board right. when it came to edge rush, but um, the guys who were commentating the draft, uh, they were really high on him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they were yeah. really excited about him. So uh, that kind of made me lean a little more towards, okay, we'll give him a shot and see what happens. And um, he's definitely grown on me for sure. Mm-hmm. So a couple highlight plays. Let's just talk about Trace Smith's block for a second. <laughs> Dude, he's he, a, he's a felon, bro. <laughs> full on <laughs> aggravated assault <laughs> attempted murder yes i watched that one a few times now that, that yep. just gets me going <laughs> yep. so much fun trey smith swings out into the flat we get a screen back behind him uh the my favorite part was not him cleaning justin simmons clock uh for mckinnon paved the way for mckinnon to get to the end zone it was the one single club <laughs> on Josie Jewell as he came off the line because Jewell comes off the line and he's immediately goes for penetration yep. and Trey Smith just hits him in the shoulder <laughs> in the back of the shoulder and makes him nose dive and yeah. he loses his balance enough for McKinnon to swing out and Mahomes to get the pass to him and create that space. So um, that was my favorite part of that entire play. I love seeing that come, come together. Freaking yeah. <laughs> I mean, the dude's he a powerhouse. Is, man. Man, so this isn't even close to the same, but I've been pancaked by linemen in high school. <laughs> and I'm not a big dude. You guys know that. I I felt like not getting up after getting hit by a high school lineman. I cannot imagine what it felt like to get trucked by Trey Smith running at you full speed, man. That's I, it just looks so painful to me. <laughs> I think I would rather take the hit out on the out in the open field than I would rather take that club to the back of the neck. 
yeah, that dude probably has some mad whiplash yeah, today because yeah. <laughs> he just swung forward. Big old bear claw yeah. coming at you. <laughs> and Justin Simmons is a pretty big safety. I think he's yeah. like six one, six two. You know, he's a he's a solid tackler, and Trey Smith just totally obliterated him. Yeah, I mean. He did. I think they put a tombstone on the three-yard line there. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of nice to see, though, um, the attention that he's getting from the NFL. um, One, the organization, other coaches, but football players as well. Because he's been doing this shit all year. Mm -hmm. He's been absolutely leveling dudes all year. And he was doing it in college, too, for Tennessee. Absolutely. We got a steal on him for sure. Um, Yeah. Mahomes, the no-look to Jarek McKinnon as he's running out of bounds. I mean, we were – I mean, just speaking from our perspective at the game, we were like, what the hell? How, why, what is he doing? And then it lands in McKinnon. You see McKinnon like chasing it down. It yeah. lands on his fingertips and then he takes it to the house. It was insane. And we were behind Mahomes with the way our seats were. Gotcha. So we saw McKinnon running towards the end zone and just get further and further away from us. And we just got crazier and crazier. I, it was nuts. I mean, I, off my couch, I, I'm jumping and screaming because, you know, I, it looks like he's going out of bounds. It, right. You know, we're losing we're losing yardage or he's just going to throw it away. Mm-hmm. Did, wasn't even paying attention to McKinnon being there. And then no. just, the yeah. no luck, he wasn't even looking. He just flips it up over. <laughs> Insane, man. Yeah. I am still shocked every time he does a play like that. I just can't believe it. And how lucky we are to have that. Like, you got you to take a step back and just be like, man, we have the best quarterback on the planet, and he's going right. to always do this shit. It's just, it's just who he is. Right. Yep. Such a good feeling. Such a good feeling. Which one of his no looks is your favorite? It might be that one <laughs> because it was so ridiculous with the underhand flick. Right. It, it was just insane. I, yeah. I was showing somebody the picture that uh, either yesterday or today, and he was looking, it looked like he was looking into the stands. Yeah. Like, yeah. not even close. <laughs> yeah. And the ball looks all funky. He's not even holding the ball right. I don't know right. what the hell was going on there. Yeah. Truly backyard. <laughs> yeah. So Willie Gay gets some pressure later in the game on um, Russell Wilson and bats the pass down, ends up wrangling it in and taking it to the house for a touchdown. That was one that put us up 27 and nothing. One where I really thought there's no looking back after this yeah. momentum swing, uh, totally kill, killed the crowd. You know what I mean? What a great play by Willie Gay. I wish we would give him more snaps. Yeah. I don't feel like he gets enough love, um, but definitely flowers to to Willie Gay for making that defensive play in the backfield <clears throat> and taking one of the house on Russell Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, I and think our, our, our linebacking core has been just off the charts this year, man, and, and primarily in tackling and, and run defense. But I think the um the outside the play I mean the the kind of like the unique plays that you're getting from the linebacking core with this chief defense now is is exciting one because they're one but two because we have so much to look forward to now when the last few years let's say three or four it's been like oh shit here we go Pat Mom's gonna have to score 50 to keep this game you know for us to win this game or whatever you know so um between Willie Gay Nick Bolton man a couple of studs back there in the linebacking core Oh, yeah. Definitely a step up from the Hitchens, Damian Wilson, Ben Neiman days. From our weakest to probably our strongest uh, defensive unit now. I would yeah, say. absolutely. Absolutely. Last year was definitely um, a rough one 
for, for our defense for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, Isaiah Pacheco, he not only ran hard the entire game, but he sealed the game for us at the very end, blasting through like what three Broncos defenders to get the first down. And I mean, the dude, you hear it all the time from, from people talking about Isaiah Pacheco, how hard he runs. Um, but that this is, I feel like the first game that I've really paid attention to him, uh, <clears throat> at least in person and watching just the violence that he runs with whenever those defenders get near him is like, man, this guy is the real deal. And, and just like Carl Loftus, you know, we're seeing this from him as a rookie. Mm-hmm. He may be older than Clyde Edwards, Alaire um, by a year or so, but there's still so much more that he's going to learn and skills that he's going to acquire. And I feel like we've seen such an improvement from him from preseason when he couldn't find a hole to save his life to now where he's bursting through him with so much, you know, veracity. It's, it's been awesome to see him uh, kind of flourish in this role. And I'm glad to have another, another 10 on the field doing work. Seriously. (laughs) I I feel bad for, the ground i feel bad for defenders <laughs> i feel bad for the dude's ligaments i don't know I, man <laughs> just please hold up don't get hurt yeah hold up i mean he's yeah. fun to watch and he's he always gives you that two thousand percent not just 110 percent. this dude is just going beyond the human limits it seems right. like every yeah. time he runs and it's every single time he doesn't take a playoff Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. He awesome. runs harder back to the huddle than some guys play yeah. in yeah. between the whistles. 100 <laughs> percent He'll get up after a play and start running. And then the guys, guys around him are like, oh shit, should we tackle him? Was he down? Is he down? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Loved it. So, you know, not the not the best game, not the game we were hoping for against the three and nine, now three and ten Denver Broncos, but all in all, you know, there's a lot of good things that you can pick from the game and and hopefully, you know, and I, I have confidence that these guys will, uh, but hopefully they learn from, you know, the, the way that this one played out so we don't have things like this happen in the playoffs. Um, speaking of which, AFC West standings, the Chiefs are 10 and three, Chargers seven and six, Raiders five and eight. They took a tough loss to the Rams on Thursday night football or Chargers rather. Uh, they got their W against the Miami Dolphins on Sunday night football. And then the Broncos fall to three and 10 officially eliminated from the playoffs. The Denver Broncos RIP to their 2022 season. Hate to see it. It's just a damn shame. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at the rest of the AFC, you got the bills at 10 and three Ravens at nine and four as the three seed bills, the one seed chiefs, the two. Titans at seven and six, holding it down the AFC South, a dismal AFC South. They're the four seed, followed up by the Bengals at nine and four, Dolphins at eight and five, and Patriots at seven and six. They just narrowly edge out the New York Jets for that spot because of a head to head record. And the Chargers are just behind them as well. So, um, you know, playoff picture in the AFC, it's going to come down to the final weeks because yeah. a lot of these teams have still have a lot of tough games against each other left on their schedules. Mm-hmm. Of the teams that are sitting here in the playoffs right now, um, who do you think is out? And if so, who would you elevate in? Into the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Chargers probably get in. Um I I think the Chiefs take over the one seat again. I think we went out. Jets aren't in. They're terrible. <laughs> and that's what I think. Oh man, dude, Titans could lose that division. Yeah, I mean, the Jags aren't far behind them. They could lose. They look terrible now. Yeah. 
and the Jags are playing well. I think they still have a head-to-head coming up. They do. They have one more head-to-head coming up. The Jags are just two games back. That one might come down to it. I think the Jags that would be awesome. Really, really. <laughs> that would be crazy. That'd be sweet. I'd love to bring them back to Arrowhead. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> they need to get out of the wild card round and right. come face us in the divisional. Exactly. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would love yeah. for them to come back to Arrowhead. But yeah, I mean, what do you think, Trey? Um, I think the Bengals are a lock. I think the Dolphins are starting to dance around and not want to go to the playoffs. But I don't think the Patriots and the Jets have enough to knock them off. Um, so I, I think – or the Chargers. I mean, the Chargers just beat them. But I guess they're only really uh, one game back. Um, you know, I, I, I'm taking – in the wild card, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Bengals, the Dolphins, and probably the Chargers. I don't think the Jets finish the season strong. I don't think the Patriots have enough firepower to get it done for another four weeks. I just and I think the Chargers are able to scramble to you know two or three games together and and make it happen to get to squeeze in. Yeah, you know the way I'm looking at it is there's a really strong possibility the Bengals leapfrog the Ravens for that division, yeah. and we end yeah. up seeing the Ravens as a wild card team. Um, but on the other side of things, the Bengals have the toughest remaining schedule in the NFL. So, you know there there's a couple of ways that you can look at that for sure. Um, Dolphins definitely their defense has been their Achilles heel uh, f- for the last couple of weeks. And uh, if you're looking at the AFC South, I think that's wide open at this point, especially with the Jags just blowing out the t- the Titans. And then they got their ass kicked by the Eagles earlier this year, who are a surefire playoff team because they clinched their spot last week. So uh, there's definitely a lot of shifting that can come up. I think the Dolphins are going to have kind of a crossroad game this coming weekend with the Buffalo Bills for yeah. sure. Yeah, in Buffalo. Yep. So um, a game they, you know, they won their first meeting, but it was just by a field goal. So um, a lot of shaking up still left in this playoffs. The Chiefs, us, we just got to maintain, maintain, and the rest will take care of itself. Yep. Yep. I mean, it would be nice to to lock that one seat in. But uh, I mean, the way Buffalo has been looking. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not really scared of that Buffalo Bills team at this moment. You know, even if we have to go to Buffalo and play them in January, you know, obviously it'd be nice to host, you know, five in a row at Arrowhead. But uh, like I said, if we got to go to Buffalo and do it this year, I'm not I'm not not scared of that. Right. And Buffalo, just to rattle off their final four games, it's Tampa, Cincinnati, Miami and New England. So, I mean, definitely some tough opponents there, but yep, they're a yep. good enough team that they can take care of business against those four. Yeah, yep. two division opponents as well. Absolutely. Moving into the injury report, we don't have a ton on here. I mean, lucky for us, we came out of that game pretty uh, pretty healthy. Really, it's just any of the pending injuries. We still have CEH on IR, Blake Bell. Who knows when he's going to come off? I don't know what's going on with that or if we even try to activate him maybe for the playoff push. I'm not quite sure. McCole Hardman is getting pretty close from what I was reading. Um, so hopefully we get him back. Our red zone numbers have been down bad uh, with him not in play. So, you know, just even if it just means the defense is giving him attention, I think it'd be much better to have him on the field. 
And then Kadarius Tony still nursing that uh, that hamstring issue, and there's a good chance maybe he's healthy, and we're just taking it slow with him. I mean, they, he said he was healthy all last year too, and who knows? I mean, <laughs> I, dude, I don't know what to expect anymore because I mean, Giants fans are just saying, "Yeah, we told you so." Now, so right. I, I don't expect anything out of him. He had one good game with us, and, right? You know, I'll take it. <laughs> right. Yeah, maybe I'm in the good. same boat. Uh, kind of at this point, it's kind of like we just gave New York some draft picks, and we're just kind of hanging on to this dude to see what happens. Right now, and you know, um, the draft pick compensation wasn't that bad. You know what I mean? It, it was a compensatory third pick, which is basically a f- deep fourth round yeah. pick, um, and then a seventh or a sixth maybe. So we have a ton of draft capital next year still from some of the trades that we made and some other uh, picks that we got in the signing of uh, Melvin Ingram for one, yeah. um, as well as a couple of others. So, you know, we'll have plenty of capital to make some moves before we uh, take it into the week 15 preview real quick. Tyreek Hill. I know it's kind of like beating a dead horse here, but I, I was like finally motivated enough to do some deep digging on some numbers, <laughs> and get a feel for really how much is behind this argument that he keeps putting out there. So he goes to the Shay Shay room, which is Shannon Sharp's <laughs> show. And um, basically comes out and says a couple of things about his situation here in Kansas City. Just to paint the picture, he basically said um, he approached Kansas City about his contract situation. He wanted to match A.J. Brown's contract, $25 mil a year. <clears throat> we were getting close to that, but maybe the guaranteed money wasn't quite where it needed to be. And then the Dolphins came into play with the $30 million and he couldn't, couldn't turn it down. Well, then later in the show, he comes out and says something about, you know, I felt undervalued. I only got three to four targets some games. It just didn't really feel like the situation was playing out well for me. Now, to debunk all of this BS that he's putting out there. (laughs) Andy's wearing sunglasses inside on this podcast. Right, in a dimly lit room. Which... It's ridiculous. And it's 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 called the Shay Shay room as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he says it's about AJ Brown. AJ Brown was traded like three weeks after he was traded, and he did not get his new contract until he was traded to the Eagles. Mm-hmm. They pretty much had the deal ready for him right when he arrived in Philly. So that right there just shows that what he's saying is total and utter bullshit. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Now for point number two, three to four targets per game. I'm just going to rattle off some numbers here real quick to give you the full picture. So in, we'll just talk the Mahomes era here. So 2018 to 2021, he played 60 of a possible 65 games, 13 games with five or less targets. And only five of those games, he had three or less targets. Okay. Mm -hmm. He played less than 70% of the offensive snaps and just eight out of those 60 games that he was healthy enough to start but he did not finish all of those games, Mm -hmm. right? In those eight games, he had one of those games in 2018 where we were resting starters in week 17. He still had seven targets. Two of those games in 2019, he broke his collarbone week one, right? Only two targets in that game. He broke his collarbone in the first quarter. Mm -hmm. And then in week 11 of 2019 on that Super Bowl run, he tweaked his hamstring in the Chargers game and we pulled him there. Two targets there. One of those games of the eight that I just mentioned in 2020, we rested starters in week 16, and all of the starters sat out the final week. 
right? Because we played the Falcons, pretty much took care of business and pulled him. Yep. He had six targets in that game. Mm-hmm. And then the four games that he played less than 70% of the snaps in 2021, he had a quad injury in week six, 12 targets. We blew out the Raiders, so we pulled starters early, 10 targets. Blew out the Steelers, pulled the starters early, only two targets there. And then in week 18, he tweaked his heel in the final game against the Denver Broncos, where he finished with three targets after we finally said enough's enough, you're going to rest for the playoffs. Four out of those eight games, he had less than three targets. So he really only has an argument for one game out of those 60 where he played less than 70% of the snaps because, and it wasn't because of sitting out the playoffs or injury, and he had less than four targets. So you're saying he has an argument. He has <laughs> he has one sixtieth of an argument. <laughs> we need to drop a clip of this show in Shay Shay's inbox. <laughs> just so he can call them out next time they talk about it. Well, yeah. I've got some more too. Um, so since 2018, his targets, uh, 137 targets, 89 targets. That was his shortened year when he was hurt for four games or whatever. Yep. 135 targets, 159 targets. Those are all top 10 in targets every single year. And if he had played the rest of that 89 target year, he'd been approaching 120, 130. So it's like, what are you talking? You have averaged nine targets a game since you've been in Kansas City. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about, man? Yeah, and, and that's not even that's not even talking about like uh, you know jet sweeps or uh, exactly. runs, right. or anything yeah. like that. Any or, other or punt returns or, or right. kick returns. Yeah. I mean, that dude was a huge part of what the Chiefs did. Like he didn't have to say any of that. Just say, and he did. He said. It was about the guarantee money. I listened to that whole clip of it. Right. Uh, but j- just come and say that and don't say anything else. It's about right. the money, man. I get it. You want a Super Bowl. You want to go be the diva star wide receiver now. Go be it. I mean, just yeah. say you want the bag. Right. There's yeah. nothing wrong with securing long-term financial benefits and gains from your career. You yeah. know, get go get paid what you think you're worth. Yeah. And if a team thinks you're worth that, then yeah. why not? Well he's not getting those endorsement deals either because of his past. Right. He is. So, right. Like, like Kelsey and Mahomes. So right. go get go get your bag in the league, man. Go do yeah. it. Good Nobody's point. Gonna... That's a good point. I, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean taking hometown discount in this instance, like let's just say he takes the $25 million deal. He's losing 5 mil a year over what's his deal worth out there. Four years, mm-hmm. um, 20 million total. That's a lot of money to take off. Yeah. And, and especially when you're not getting those endorsement deal opportunities, which is definitely, you know, just like Trey is an angle. I didn't think about, Yeah. Um, you know, he's got a few, but I mean, yeah. nothing big, yeah. nothing that's paying you uh, six yeah. to seven figures right. a year. You know right. what I mean? Well, and they even mentioned it on the podcast that, uh, no, no state income tax too in Florida. So I'm right. he, just, and he's not? from there. Yeah. That's his home state, his hometown. Get, I'd, love, I'd do that in an instant. Absolutely. This guy's <laughs> been talking about moving to Miami since I've known him. God, I'm retiring there. Watch. <laughs> just a nice little house on the canal. <laughs> but yeah, you know, all things considered, definitely appreciative of what he did here in Kansas city. Um, getting us to the Super Bowl wouldn't have won it without without him that whole thing um, but I just wish he wouldn't continue to press this issue because it just feels like yeah. a look at me look at me thing right yeah yeah it, yeah it's just it just feels dirty at this point 100 percent 
All right, so let's take it into week 15. Before we do that, quick shout out to CS Designs, the man behind all of our logos and imagery here on the Fastest 40 and Let's Chief. His name is Corey Sanders, and he does phenomenal work. You can check out his website and reach out to him to see what he could do for you. It's www.coreysandersdesigns.com. Check out his Instagram as well, at CS Designs Official, and just kind of follow up with him on the things that he does with the other companies that he's working with, like Bass Pro, Vans, and a number of other sports properties. And he does so much more than just the web design and the graphic design. It's videography. It's photography. It's really the full gamut of content that he can create for your company. So make sure you check out that website. I'm going to drop it for you one more time, www.coreysandersdesigns.com. Week 15, boys. And we have a game, I guess. <laughs> NFL, dude. No easy games. No, I felt last week. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think before we were going into that Bengals game, I, I mentioned it. The Bengals game was the last meaningful game on the calendar. Um, it doesn't mean it's the only losable game on the calendar, I guess you should say. No. The yeah. Texans... They put up a good showdown. That's who we play this week. Uh, we're making our way down to Houston. Uh, they put up a good show against the Dallas Cowboys last week. They did. I thought they were going to pull it off for a minute. I mean, yep. kind of. I know I didn't really believe in it, but I mean, <laughs> man, they look good. Um, I'm kind of glad they had that game, though, right before us, because maybe that was their one last give it all game. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> they kind of and blow their load. The Chiefs can see that on tape, <laughs> that they're capable of doing something like that against a really good defense down in the Dallas Cowboys. So, you know, maybe maybe it will help wake us up, especially after us having this stinker of a game. Lucky. Yep. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. Um, they're eliminated. So, you know, they really don't have much to play for outside of pride and draft positioning and, you know, seeing where they're, where they're going to be. They, they do have another first round pick from the Cleveland Browns. So, you know, they can maneuver with things a little bit. I think at this point, what they're going to try and do is just build on, on what they have a little bit where they can kind of like what we saw from the lions last year, as they were heading into games late in the season, they got eliminated really early from the playoffs. And uh, they were really just continuing to build that foundation because these guys are in a full on rebuild. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Go get Laramie Tunsil from him. Yeah, I would love that. I'd love that. Yeah. You want to? I mean, go let's, get him. Let's do a, a trade. Yeah, let's, I'm writing it up right now. You let's send, send uh, number 57 that way. Do a sign and trade. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm a player. <laughs> Give him a third round. They could just have him. Fifth round. <laughs> they could just have. Sign I don't want in, anything back. Just sign him in free agency. <laughs> Man, I really wanted him to be better. No, Me yeah. Because oh, yeah, I, I think too. he's like a dude. I feel like he's good in the locker room. He's got a good story. His dad used to play in the NFL. Um, you know, there's all these things that make him really likable. And he puts those videos up on Instagram, which I think are kind of fun. So, I mean, it's just it's just tough that it's not it's really not working out. I just don't think he's suited to be a left tackle. Nah, exactly. I would love to put him on the right side again. Yeah. Yeah. In this offense either. <laughs> he just gets blown by like so easy so easy. yeah so there's one thing that concerns me about this texans game is we cannot finish off afc south teams in the regular season it never happens um and if it does it's by three points yeah is this one going to be different no okay 
great. I mean, <laughs> Vegas is going to put this at like minus 13 and a half, minus 14 and a half. I think you got to take Houston and the points. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what, you know, the Chiefs are notorious for not covering in their yep. games, but it's because Vegas just <laughs> inflates yeah. the shit out of the spread every single time. Yep. Um, what do they give Denver? Ten points, nine and a half? Yep, nine and a half. My God. Should have been covered. Well, I mean, I see I, I see this as being similar to the uh, Rams game. Like, kind of boring. We don't show yeah. much. Oh, we kind of coast to a win. And I, think I could, yeah, win I could see 16, that. 26-10 on that one. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that would cover too. I, that's kind of right. how I see this one going. Just kind of a really boring game. Right. So there is some uh, some positives that uh, we can look forward to for this game. Aside from getting the win against a uh, lowly Houston Texans team, Travis Kelsey's only 16 yards away from passing Shannon Sharp on the all-time tight end list. Last week in Denver, he became the fifth tight end to hit 10,000 total career receiving yards and locked in his seventh consecutive 1,000-yard season, extending his own record by another year. Man, oh, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope he gets it quick because I feel like maybe we're forcing some things to him and maybe a couple of those interceptions could have been avoided mm-hmm. uh, if we're not trying to get him those yards. So, I mean, that's one conspiracy theory I have. Nice tinfoil hat. Yeah, yeah. On there. Yeah. All right, I'll take that back off. Anyway, <laughs> fastest ever to 10K. Fantastic. Yep. Um, seven straight 1K yard seasons. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Only, um, what's the stat here? Six players ever, including all wide receivers, anybody have ever had that many in a row or more or more than that. So, eight or more. Um, so, fucking, that's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. For tight end to be able to achieve something like that. Yep. What he's doing, it precedes or precedes Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Too. Yeah. You know, yeah. Mahomes has only thrown the ball to him for four of those seven exactly. seasons. Three of that was Alex Smith. Yep. And with a win this week, we lock in the AFC West officially for a seventh consecutive season. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, Kelsey gets a thousand yards, AFC West title. Yep. There's a direct correlation there. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're working on something pretty magical here, I would say. Yeah, I, I agree. It's pretty awesome. I, when I, when I did see the stat though that he's got five thousand more left to go to to pass Tony, I was like, "Holy shit, man! That is a lot of yards." Yeah, five thousand. Yeah. I mean, that's like. I mean, I think he could get it done in four. I think so too. You know what I mean? Yeah. If he continues the pace that he's on, it could be four, um, maybe five. But you know, I definitely don't see him falling off the cliff, uh, so to speak. I mean, the yeah. game translates. I mean, he's not he's not taking the hits and doing the things that Kittle or um, Gronk do yeah. or did. Yeah. So, I mean, I think his game can continue to be played at a high level right. yeah. for quite a while. I mean, as he goes into the 30s here. he's. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely he, lost some speed, but yes. he's still yeah. running routes. Just, well, he's, he's like Jason Witten just getting open. Find yeah. that yeah. little hole or pocket in the yeah. defense. And just Absolutely. There, you know? If he does it in four years, we're, we're at that point we're talking about eleven straight. Potentially, yeah. Straight. Well, yeah. people are already talking about him as the greatest ever, right? And I mean, what what's it take? What's it going to take for that 
to be no debate, no contest. I don't think he even has to surpass Tony Gonzalez for that to be the case. Right. I you agree. know what I mean? Top three. Um, if he calls it a career in three years and he's like 1,500 yards short or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's a real chance that he is. I mean, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer regardless. I mean, there's oh, yeah. no other way to spit it. He's about to get another first team all pro nod. Yeah. He's about to get another pro bowl, which I know doesn't mean shit, but they put it on your Hall of Fame resume. So yeah. it means a little bit of something. And um, <clears throat> he has all these records and he's set doing it at historic pace, just like Patrick Mahomes is. And, um, you know, if he decides he wants to hang it up at 36, I think he's still the greatest tight end of all time. I mean, I feel that yeah. way regardless of the Super Bowl rings. Um, you know, if he doesn't get another one, who cares about that? He he is the most transcendent and most impressive, the very best tight end to yeah. ever touch the field. Yeah. I mean, when you're in the same breath as the top wide receivers year in and year out, uh, I mean, that, that says more than you can imagine about a tight yeah. end. Right. I mean, you're in the same breath as Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams and Justin Jefferson every year because right. you're putting up all these yards. All, and now he's leading the league in touchdowns this year. I mean, he's just incredible. Yep. There, there, he was, I think it was 2019, whatever the first year Stefan Diggs joined the Buffalo Bills mm -hmm. and he got that reception record. Yeah. Travis Kelsey would have got that if he didn't sit out that right. final week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, those are all different things you can look at and be like, wow, yeah. no one has ever lined up in this position and done what he's done. And yeah. he's a good blocker. People want to say he can't block, but he's a good block. Is he mowing dudes over? No. But right. is he a good fucking blocker? Yes. He seals the edge just fine. Yeah. He does. And that's all you need to do as a tight end. Seal the right. edge. Right. Man, I love talking 87. That's for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So looking at some of these other AFC games this week, because I don't really feel like our game carries very many playoff implications outside of us securing our spot with the division title. Um, it's not like we're beating another playoff team or have the potential to do that this week. Um, so I want to look at some of these other games that we're running into um, in week 15. So Bills play the Dolphins at home. The Bengals get to play the Buccaneers and then the Ravens take on the Cleveland Browns. Now, all of these games are losable for these teams. And these are all teams that either are a game back from us or tied with us record wise. Um, I mean, we're looking right now at the top, what, three of the top five seeds mm -hmm. in this picture right here as oh, six, if you're counting the, uh, the Dolphins as well. Yeah. So yeah. Um, for the Ravens, you know, they've had a, a really strong run this season. They've had a couple of close ones that they lost. They blew a couple games. But Lamar Jackson's hurt right now. Yeah. And the Cleveland Browns, they're kind of stumbling a little bit, trying to get used to Deshaun Watson at QB, but they have a strong chance to lose too. Yeah, I they're all losable. I don't see them losing. I can see the Ravens losing, I guess. Um, I don't see the Bills losing. Dolphins are kind of falling off too is really falling off. Um, yeah. I think you're really seeing now that now, you know, Tyreek's come out and says he, he wants to get all those targets and you know, how much is he chirping into his coach's ears or, or, or when he went there in the first place saying, listen, I need to get all the targets every single game. Right. And is to a force on him. It looked like he was forcing a lot of them to him. And when it works, it works. It works fantastic. But when he's not hitting them, it, they're they're a bad team they look terrible right um so i i, I think the bills win that one Bengals, man dude they're i think they're 
if not us, I think they're the best team in the AFC right now. They just really? have been on a fucking tear yeah. since week two. They have been. Um, Bucks are terrible. So, I mean, I, I think Bengals just pull that one off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the Bucks have, you know, Tom Brady, obviously, and he's the shell of, of what he used to be. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> there's just something about the NFC-AFC matchup where they don't really play each other as much. Right. Um, things tend to play a little bit closer, kind of like a divisional game. Um, not because you know the team so well, because it's because you don't know them as well as some of these other guys you play year in and year out. So um, there's potential for it, but do I, you know, that's why I'm using that word potential. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I'm on the same page. Uh, dolphins are on a slide. Bills are consistent. Um, Bengals are, are, yeah, that's a good point. I haven't thought about them being the maybe potentially the best team in the AFC right now. It's kind of scary to think about, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> Ravens without Lamar, um, that's a that's a that's a crippled team without Lamar. Um, looking for J.K. Dobbins just to be an absolute stud this weekend now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we roll, and uh, I think so. That puts a lot more pressure on the Bills to perform, and I think that team's gonna gonna play much, that much better under under that pressure. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, these are these are things the Chiefs obviously aren't thinking about. They don't care about what the Bills and the Dolphins are doing week in and week out. They're focused on their own shit and making sure that they win their own games. And, you know, us fans obviously want we want these things to happen. But um, in the short run, we just got to hope that our team takes care of their business, Mm -hmm. which they should. And they will this week. All right, keys to victory. Last thing before we wrap up this week's episode of Let's Chief and you get to your weekend. Keys to victory. I think we need to play at our level. I'll just go with the first point. Play at our level, not theirs. I think there's so many times that we drop our level of play down to the competition or, you know, on the inverse side, we do rise uh, to the to the talent of the team we're playing um, in the instance with the Bills and the Bengals. You know what I mean? So, um, we always play to the level and we don't play our game, which is high level. And it can be all the time. Uh, but we just, you know, we mentioned earlier in the show, take the foot off our gas, off the gas, do whatever um, to, to stray away from the game plan and, and move away from what works. And so I just want us to play our brand of football when we play the Houston Texans this week. And I think that's a huge part of us coming away with a win. Not that you need a whole lot of things, but um, for this game, but that's that's what I think we need to do. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. There's not much to say. Uh, you're playing a one and eleven and one team, so uh, I mean, just win. You go out and be a be a ten and three team right. at the top of the AFC and just do what you're supposed to do. Take care of business. Um, Mahomes have a clean game. Just cl- keep it clean, right? And you win this game easy. Yep, I think that's a good point there, Phil. I, you know, playing disciplined football is going to be a huge one, um, and that starts with penalties and that ends with. Uh, turnovers mm-hmm. you know if we have if we minimize our penalties and uh, win the turnover battle i think this is a easy game that we can win but it's an easy one to lose if you if you can't win those two battles right there on the gridiron right and just to expand on that further we need to do it in all three phases so um discipline football extends further than the turnovers it's the penalties as well so we need to make sure we're not getting those critical holds on first downs things that turn you know third down conversions into third and long uh those are the penalties that kill us the most and so just avoiding those kinds of situations um is going to be paramount for us for sure and 
to go back to the turnover point, um, don't turn the damn ball over on special teams. Don't throw any forced picks, um, those kinds of things, and generate turnovers yeah, on yeah, defense. Yeah. I would That'd love, I would love for us to to see someone peanut punch a ball yeah. out of someone's <laughs> yeah. hands. It's something that I don't think I've ever seen since Marcus Peters played for the Chiefs. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And then finally, and this is just a final point. I don't even know if you can call this a keys to victory. I think you can call it a key to having a long, healthy season is to end this freaking game early. Yeah. Put them away halfway through the third, early in the fourth. Pull the let Chad Henney take care of the rest of the freaking game. Seriously. I mean, it was my bad last week. I texted my mom and I was like, we we're up 27 nothing. I said it's so nice to just have a easy carefree game or chilling <laughs> on the couch i said that yeah, what the hell man nice. oh, fuck right then in there man <laughs> back. it's so nice to have a relaxing sunday yeah. at mile high yeah. you know weather's nice yeah, yeah. <laughs> two hours easy, later you strung out standing in front of the tv <laughs> yeah, yeah. play with the kids turn the game off in the fourth quarter we already won yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I want that this weekend for sure, and I I think there's a good chance we get it. Obviously, we are what you you know you already said it. We're playing the team with four ones in their record, so um, there's a really good chance we take care of business against these guys. I don't think we have much to worry about. It's really just kind of like onto the Seahawks because that's the next best team that we have on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Well, you know that's what we got for you this week on uh on let's chief appreciate everybody taking the time to listen i hope you guys enjoy your red friday your weekend uh christmas is right around the corner so if you're spending time with your families make sure you're doing it safely and uh let's chief let's chief